0: to the first video podcast of 2021, audio video combined, of course, for the Nightfly podcast. We've got a great show for you tonight. My special guest, Wendy Liebman, is joining us. She is terrific. And it all starts right now. Well, I will tell you that this is a spectacular show. I mean, listen, you like this show. You know I've been talking about Wendy Lieben for quite a long time. I think she's just absolutely terrific. I give her the same Amy Heckerling-like treatment in the sense where I'm like, just uh, not enough people are giving her the love, the respect that she deserves. She's amazing. She's unbelievably quick. Her writing is impeccable. And she's just a really nice, kind person, and I like her very much, and we're, you know, just becoming friendly, and I'm just so glad she was kind enough to sit with me today and, and talk for a bit, and uh, I really think you're going to enjoy the interview. I, um, you know, why wouldn't you? She's a delight. <laughs> I'm obviously a delight. <laughs> yeah, who are you? Anyway, uh, so uh, let's get into it right now. Ladies and gentlemen, The Nightfly, uh, The Wendy Liebman Show. Our next guest is a uh, very funny woman. She'll be uh, performing right down the uh, street at a place called Caroline's right here on Broadway uh, Thursday through Sunday. Please welcome back to the show, Wendy Liebman. Wendy, come on <laughs> Anyway, yes. Wendy Liebman, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you coming on. I, I'm very excited about this. I even told my mother how excited I was today. <laughs> well, you are one of my comedy heroes. Uh I you know, you're very modest. I don't think you understand how many people think the same way I do. Um, I know we're you know around the same age, but uh you would you know when i was first starting out you were already on the top of your game um so a lot of us that were all starting out at the beginning me and intel and and sarah i guess and uh you know even kevin brandon i well, probably shouldn't mention him but uh you know all these people, but uh, all these people were just uh you know on all of you because uh, first of all you you were never a new york comic it's weird because you're from long island right
1: I'm from Roslyn. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. Um, yeah, I'm from Long Island, um, but then I moved to Boston. And I went to college in for Boston, school. and then I just stayed there. And while I was figuring out what I wanted to be doing with my time, I um, I started doing stand up in Boston. So no, I have rarely performed in New York. Um, Governors on Long Island has booked me a lot. And then I performed at like comics when they were
0: right, on 14th still Street.
1: going in the meat district. And um, I've done each of the clubs except yours. <laughs> I might have been on stage in the eighties there for a few minutes at the end of a show once like at two thirty.
0: Well, it's, it's fascinating though, that we, all never really knew you, you know, cause I feel like I know almost everybody at this point. Um, but yeah, you were never a New York person. You were already just said on your own. We were always fascinated by, you know, never hearing about you or, or seeing. Or there was never, there was never any information on you of how you worked it out of how you made it, oh. you know? And I guess there was a bunch of people that came from Boston and came to New York, but you went right to LA.
1: Well, it was a question of, should I move to L.A. or New York? And my parents live in New York, so I picked L.A.
0: <laughs> Smart move. You know what I was, I was going to tell you about, Rosalind when you were telling me that you have a, what do you say, an organizational disorder? Like you need to have everything filed, you know, put together correctly, right? Organized. It's an OCD, right?
1: Not diagnosed, and you would laugh if you saw my house and I'm that dying I to say see it. that I'm organized.
0: Well, I'm saying you need everything in its place. And the weird part is, is that my other only friend from Roslyn, who I believe lived on Woods Lane, or was that I think that, yeah, um, I don't know if you're familiar with it. <laughs> and I used to go visit him in the 80s, was exactly that way where I, I mean, he might have been worse because I couldn't. I would test him and I would move something in his room and I would tell him I moved something and you have to figure out what it is. And he would be like, Oh my God, it's obviously this. And I'm like, no, it's not that. And he goes, well, obviously it's this. And then when he would be like, well, I'm going to find out what it was. While he was talking, he'd fix the thing I moved without even noticing that he was doing it. So he definitely knew the order of the room.
1: So you were kind of enabling him. Or, an, I don't
0: know. <laughs> Pretty much.
1: I uh, maybe it's a wrong So you're saying that it's a rot like it was in the water.
0: I'm putting it out there.
1: You know what? That could be true um, because everybody I've ever met from Scarsdale, New York, is batshit fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Can I swear? Mean,
0: of course. Do you include okay. the Clintons on that? Well, they're not really uh, from they, there. They're not from
1: they there. live there now. They don't live in Scarsdale. They live in Chappaqua.
0: Oh, right, right. That's right next door to Ch- Scarsdale, right? Is it? I yeah, don't I know. So.
1: But you know, people from Scarsdale—I've only met a few—and they're brilliant. Okay, that's <laughs> the other thing. It's like this vortex of genius and but you got to be smart to live there. Crazy. Yeah, you know,
0: it's a very wealthy town. But uh, yeah, so I've always. Uh, Interested that you started out in Boston. Like I said, I knew a lot of people that came. There was a little migration in the 90s from people who came from Boston who were doing really well and then came down to the city. But it was smart to move to L.A. And again, I was just, uh, but it's funny you just said like, yeah, I thought I'd do stand up. It it was never uh, your plan.
1: I guess I always felt like a performer because growing up I was always in the plays. Is this interesting at all?
0: Well, it is to me because I was the same way.
1: Um, I was like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. And I was, that was at camp, Camp Triwoody. My parents actually sent me to a camp called Woody.
0: <laughs> well, you're Jewish. We go to camp.
1: Well, but Catholic this is like a understand. multicultural, it was not a Jewish camp. Oh, it wasn't? No. Um, it was in Hyde Park, New York, Poughkeepsie. And it was, now it's a convent. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it's where I started like doing musical theater. And then in high school, I was Eliza and My Fair Lady. And I was also in Death of a Salesman. I was prostitute number two.
0: <laughs> well, that's the way <laughs> I always figure it starts to do stand-up because that's the way it happened for me. But as it turned out, most of the comics I've met were not musical theater people they just wanted to be comics which is why i think i didn't really excel at comedy i wasn't really my cup of tea i just did it because it you know funny i guess uh and then once i met all the people it was a wonderful social aspect to it you know but um you know i i sing and i like to dance and i from the old school of where you needed to know everything if you wanted to be in that profession and the and then when I met all these comics, they're like, we didn't learn how to sing or dance. And I'm like, well, how can that be? Well, so how
1: about like your a You're like vaudeville.
0: Old school. <laughs> yeah. No, I really I that is what I wanted to do. That's why I always want to do a variety show. That's why uh I changed the the show that you were on the comedy Cellar show. I changed it now where we don't talk about football because football season's over. So now it's just a regular variety show. I just have a musician play. I'm trying to get some sketches in. That's what I like to do.
1: Do you bet on some of the acts? Or is it still <laughs> a gambling?
0: No, but I could make it oh. that. I do have a <laughs> gambling problem, but I'm I,
1: I heard you say that on the other show.
0: Yeah. Do it's you really? Issue. Oh yes. Uh for years I used to have to work off the money when I worked for these bookies before the internet, um, where I used to work with them, I mean I used to bet with them, and this was you know the bad kind that you see in the movies. And instead of beating me up, they made me work for them. They liked me. So they're like, well, if he has a broken leg, he can't work. So they made me work for them. And I used to answer phones and collect money for them, which was really weird. Go collecting for them, But it, which was scary. But it wasn't that because they knew who I was with. So they're like, well, I don't have the money. I'm like, well, I'll tell them. And they're like, well, oh, no, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> like, did so. you
1: do five minutes for each
0: you, all the people I was you collecting stand from? Up? Yeah. No, they didn't care for that. Oh. Uh, I mean, they were all fascinated that I was doing stand up, but, uh, you know, if you're collecting from people, they're not in the mood for any kind of comedy whatsoever.
1: Um, the guys I worked with. Wow. For, like, so you're like the real deal.
0: I, I guess if you can call that ruining your entire life, <laughs> the real deal.
1: Well, I get it because I won in Vegas once on a slot machine. I won $10,000 for real for real. And like that, oh, you do you know how many bug. quarters that is?
0: <laughs> no, but no, you do pick up a bug. Cause um, you think you can do it every time. I know how the system works now. Yeah. Gets into your head.
1: Well, it wasn't even that I know how the system works. It was more like it can work.
0: Were you performing there? Is that why you were there?
1: Yeah. And I've performed in Vegas, Tahoe, Reno, all the places that have slot machines. (laughs) And it's dangerous. And um, like I don't play craps or anything because that's... What was your game?
0: Well, it was just blackjack like anybody else. But then I went through periods. Now I'm all about three-card poker because I really feel you can win on three-card poker on a daily basis.
1: Three-card poker, isn't that like, that's like microwave poker.
0: Yeah, well, like it's, 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 so fast. it's stupid. It's just lucky. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not fast. It's just, it's stupid. It's people people that actually play poker would hate it. It's really luck of the draw. <laughs> it's, it's silly, but for some reason, I like it. And when I was opening for uh, Sarah Silverman over last summer, we were performing in Atlantic City. And my absolute plan was to take what I made from that show and bet it all, you know, I had three card poker and double my winnings and it worked, which was the worst thing that could happen to me. Right. <laughs> I'm Is good it- with the, uh, the casino gambling. I I'm good at, I don't have a problem with that, but the uh, it's the sports gambling that seems to be an issue.
1: So do you have to go to a
0: 12 step program? No, I won't go because it's all like gross guys. Um, there's no hot girls there. So I'd prefer to go like an Alcoholics Anonymous then that's why I won't go. You know it's disgusting, guys.
1: Well, I had a problem, and I didn't want to go to the 12-step because I didn't want to be around people like me. So I went to a different 12-step. And, um, oh, this happened there.
0: Oh, wait, I assumed this was going to be a joke, but it's not. Did you really have a drinking problem? No,
1: that really... I didn't have a drinking problem, though. So, um, no, but I didn't... I did, okay, so I'm at the wrong meeting, and like, because for not my problem. I went okay, to so AA. you're not going to
0: tell us what the problem is. It's so, okay.
1: You
0: know, I don't want you um, to be uncomfortable. I
1: heard some people talking about me, like before the meeting started, and somebody said, "You know, Wendy Liebman's in this meeting," and I said, "Excuse me, I thought this was supposed to be." anonymous and they were like all conciliatory and this is my last name and whatever. And I realized I was so pissed that they were talking about me, but I was so glad that somebody knew who I was. And I realized <laughs> <laughs> that it wasn't me that I wanted to be anonymous. I wanted my problems to be anonymous. Mm,
0: okay. I understand. I'm sorry. I brought it up, but
1: um, no, it's okay. No, that is
0: interesting. I remember going, I went to one AA meeting with a friend uh, to see what it was like and he had a pro he now runs a rehab center uh, in El- in uh, pastina and i went with him and there were a bunch of comics that i knew there that i didn't know had a problem so then i felt horrible kind of infiltrating the meeting because i now i had this secret and i just told them i had a problem because i felt awful saying so, i'm just here to observe because well <laughs> everybody that has a problem says that but um yeah, it was really uncomfortable and uh, I understand what you're talking about. You
1: can but. cut that part out of the podcast if you want. Which part? <laughs> <laughs> Just I feel like I was boring.
0: Oh, no, and if there's anything you do want me to cut out, I will. Um, but uh, Just no. my
1: face. Cut out my <laughs> face. Can
0: you No. Uh, you're gorgeous. And the thing is, is that <laughs> spit take the thing is, Thank you. well, that's why, and again, this is why the, all right, there's a lot of things I, I need to discuss with you. I mean, you're very, first of all, first of all, I mean, you were on the tonight show with Johnny Carson. I mean, that is the greatest gift ever that, you know, you, you can almost retire on those laurels at this point, you know, not back then you don't realize, but it's like, well, you realize, but I mean, how exciting is that? Right.
1: Well, it feels like this is my life right now with
0: Dave. Oh, well, that's what it's going to be pretty much. It's pretty much me praising you, kissing your ass a little bit, and then having a couple of questions. This is what I do. This is my interviews. Okay. It's basically just I, I, I like to bring out the people I like and be like, man, you're so awesome. You know, <laughs> so, but it's, yeah, I would say the only time uh, that, you know, there would be a problem with your looks was that haircut on The Tonight Show. I have a problem with girls with that kind of haircut. I like the longer hair. I appreciate it as a person who can't grow longer hair. That is why I like it so much.
1: You know, there
0: I know are the like
1: five women in the world who look great with short hair. And there are probably like the equal number of guys who look great with long hair. Good point. But um, I don't know why I had short hair except that I Tended
0: to like not want to be feminine looking <laughs>
1: i guess really i guess well I no, that
0: does make a lot of sense i know like i kind of wanted to hey you were a female comic in an all-male world it wasn't like it is now uh you know that somebody like sarah kind of almost pioneered where an attractive woman could you know perform on stage and not get shit on and yes of course that's what you, yeah that makes a lot of sense actually that you were trying to be like that i know um I have a friend right now who likes to dress down and I'm like, why do you do that? You know? And she's like, so people take me seriously because she's very pretty. And they, they, so there's still that issue, but remember when you were doing it, I mean, it was a thing there, you know, there, there was the credo that pretty girls are not funny. And that's why I think I'm a little fascinated with you and why, you know, for, for my money, I feel like you should have had a Seinfeld like show. You were that popular And I'm always, and I think everybody was confused exactly. It feels like you just left the business and, uh, you know, not, and we weren't fulfilled by the way your trajectory should be.
1: I love you so much for saying all that. Look at my hair now.
0: I love it. (laughs) No, I do. I love it when it's long. And that's why it's (laughs) funny when you see the, you know, if you go on, uh, you know, if my uh, people listen, go to. You know, watch. You could watch the Carson show with the short hair, and then you, the Letterman show. You're wearing the nice long hair again. It makes me so happy. Uh, but
1: you're hypnotizing me with those eyebrows.
0: Oh, I know, I know. It's like it's just because I have no hair here that they're just completely prominent. But at least they're. I always have my barber, you know, make it so it's not doesn't look like uh, Martin Scorsese or anything. But,
1: oh yeah, I see that. But I, it's, I, that. I hate
0: them. They drive me crazy because I stare at them myself. They just look so prominent on video but well this is such a
1: weird world like we're always looking at ourselves now
0: Mm. i got my i got my hair done for that you know and stuff i mean i and it's still horrible
1: i have wait hold on and
0: i've had lots of plastic surgery too i mean when i was young
1: i have like some gray hair (laughs) um What do you mean you had plastic surgery when you were younger?
0: Oh, yeah. You know, I had my nose done and my chin and stuff like that. Like, you know, my family's all about plastic surgery. I've said on this show, on this podcast, that even during a pandemic for the Just there's always money for a cleaning lady and plastic surgery. It doesn't matter how poor we are. That is our credo. My sister just got work yesterday. I just picked her up at the doctor. Really? Yeah.
1: I will not get plastic surgery, but I will I have been thinking about getting some artificial intelligence. <laughs> it's a good idea. Wait, I do want plastic surgery though. I want because I have like some filter on my Zoom so that you can't see all of the wrinkles. But well, I am
0: You look kind of terrific, I'm, but I would never tell anybody not to do it if you I look kind of what? No, no, I'm saying I would. You look terrific. I'm saying I would never tell anybody not to get it if that's what they feel is going to make them, you know, feel better about themselves. How could I, how could I ever tell somebody not to do what they want to do? I'll always say, I don't think you need it, but, you know, you're going to be like, well, it'll make me feel better about myself. So I'm the per, I'm the person you would like to talk to about it if you want to get it because, you know, I'm never going to tell you not to. I don't think you need it, but. It's not for me to say since well, I not Well now I myself. now I
1: have a friend who will tell me the truth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I will definitely tell you that. But uh wait, here's the here's the thing uh, that I want to talk about. First of all, also I know do you have any, you don't have any gigs coming up, right? Everybody's canceled, right? There's nothing we I'm can do. I'm
1: doing one Zoom show on March 24th or 25th. It's for a Long Island um, domestic violence and abuse center called the Safe Center. And I have um, Ray Romano is going to make a statement. I do know who I that have is. <laughs> Monica Piper is headlining. And um, I've done gigs for them many times because my mom is involved. So, um, yeah, it's a great organization called the Safe Center. On Long Island, but it's going to be on Zoom. By the way, you keep bringing up Sarah Silverman. I love Sarah Silverman.
0: Yeah, you meant I'm sorry. Everybody keeps saying I keep name dropping, but she's like my best friend. So it's like I keep I also talk about my friend Lee Maracus and nobody ever says that I keep dropping his name. You know, so that's I know it's awful. And so but but here's the thing also I wanted to say, and I will name drop this last time. I had Amy Heckerling on the podcast about three weeks ago. Because, again, one of my heroes, you know, here's a woman. It was making me angry. Did you see the latest Wonder Woman? No, but it's from 1984. Well, that's that's the gag. It's like called Wonder Woman 84. It takes place in 84, but there's no good 80s gags. So it's awful. It's really bad. I'm very disappointed. I was really looking forward to it. But they were always talking about Patty Jenkins and like, wow, it's wonderful that a woman was directing a movie and an action film and all that stuff. And I always say, how come Amy Heckerling is never talked about? it? It was bothering me. I'm like this is a woman that directed a movie in 1981, you know, for Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You know, let's 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 praise that. Let's like here's a pioneer. Clueless, you know? Clueless is my favorite movie of all time. So this we had a lot to talk about, which is odd for a straight man. That's so man, cool. But, so uh, it was great, but but then I was talking to my podcast about you as well and how much you know you were interesting to me in a way and how you weren't getting your due. I'm going to tell you this story right now who are you <laughs> i'm going to tell you a story that relates to you in a, in a roundabout way because i'm uh you know i was i've always been fascinated with you i mean first of all you're one of the greatest writers i've ever seen in my time i mean you just you're like a tell you just it, it's like a, you know it's amazing uh your writing skills and let alone the fact that you have had and have this you know you have an act you know it's like it's like it, it was like amazing it's like no nobody has that anymore you know what i mean just what you were doing the the, the the misdirection and the and the the what you were giving off you know it was like really really ter- you're a great stand-up comedian you know and the, and there's yeah. just i i really don't i don't love stand-up comics but i just was always drawn to your stand-up it was always so good in fact when i was watching the tonight show I was laughing so hard at the opening joke which of course nobody would get anymore with the Ruth Pussy joke. <laughs> I was, I was I did not see that coming. I know. Thank you doctor. Okay, when the uh, My next guest, this young lady was a finalist in the Johnny Walker National Comedy Search at the improvisation clubs uh, throughout the country. This is her very first appearance on network television. And Wendy's going to be performing in Boston, her hometown, at Stitches, May 15th through the 18th. Would you welcome, please, Wendy Liebman. Wendy? (laughs)
1: I'm in a great mood because when I walked in, some guy thought I was Ruth Buzzy, and I don't know who she is. is.
0: She pretty? Well, that's my entire podcast is based on stuff like that. That's like pretty much people my age, and we are just like, talking about the Six Million Dollar Man and uh, Ruth Buzzy, you know. But um, so anyway, uh, there was a show on Broadway called Dear Evan Hansen. And I mean, it's still on. I don't know if you ever, if you know anything about Broadway. I'm a Broadway guy. And it's this amazing show that just, you know, was out this past year. And now it's, everything's closed. And it's with this guy called Ben Platt. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's an amazing actor. And, uh.
1: He's not in it anymore.
0: No, that's what I'm going to talk to you about. Oh, okay. Is that, um, see, He, we were in a soul cycle class together, me and him, and Caroline Ray. uh, We're all in the soul cycle class in the Upper West Side, and I don't know Ben Platt. And uh, the instructor, who I did know, who used to work at Catcher Rising Star, ironically, many years ago. Her boyfriend.
1: Small world,
0: right? So her boyfriend is this big, tough guy with tattoos and everything, a big New York accent. And he's pointing out Ben Platt. He's putting on his shoes. I didn't know who he was. And he goes, you see that motherfucker right over here? You see that fucking guy? And I thought he was going to, you know, make fun of him being gay or something like that, the way he was talking. And he goes, you see that motherfucker? That motherfucker is the best actor I've ever fucking seen in my life. I did not see it going that direction. And when a guy like that, with that attitude and that accent, says that this guy is the best actor he's ever seen, I'm like, all right, I got to see this show you know, let alone I had a couple other friends, like you got to see this performance and I got the tickets and I, and it, cause it wasn't a, it was a word of mouth show. And when I saw this guy, he was, it was the greatest performance by a male actor I've ever seen in my life. In, and, he in a musical and he won the Tony and I'm such a theater nerd. I was like sitting there like if he doesn't win. And I've been that way with, uh, some of the other actors like Christine Ebersole and uh, Grey Gardens and, uh, Uh, the girl from uh, Next to Normal, Alice Ripley. Like, I'm like, if they don't win, I'm going to (laughs) die because I'm like, they're so good. So when he um, left, uh, they replaced him, obviously. And I actually went to this uh, thing that they just made for a couple of people where they were showing the replacements. There were like three people replacing him. And I was sitting in the audience, and I'm watching this one guy And none of them are as good as Ben Platt. One guy can't sing as well as him and the other guy can't act as well. But this one guy is just so effeminate and he's trying to tell this girl that he loves her. I'm looking around and I'm like, is it, am I the only one that's seeing that this is awful that this guy can't act not gay. Ben Platt is gay. And you know, I, I still bought that. He liked this girl. I was not buying it for a minute with this guy and I'm looking around. I'm like, I'm so I'm the only one, you know, and this, exact same scenario happened to me when I was watching the first time I ever saw Amy Schumer perform. And yes, I'm going there and I'm sitting there with my friend, Rachel. And I'm like, am I the only one that's noticing that she is, has the she's doing Wendy act? not word for word, not the, the jokes, although we found that maybe there was one or two, but the cadence and I'm looking around. I'm like, am I the only one here that notices this? And I was talking to my friend, Rachel, sitting right next to her. And and she goes, yeah, I know. It's it's like, she was the only one that knew. And like, how can this be happening that nobody's calling around? And then I guess maybe it was a few years later, you finally did come out and say something. And and it made me so happy because I knew I wasn't crazy. She was doing your, I don't know, would we call it misdirection? Is that what you would call your, the kind of ways you do things? And I'm sorry if you don't want to talk about it I totally understand um, I, I don't know what I know it's I'm sure it's a sore subject but I had to bring it up because I'm fascinated by it
1: So I bought tickets to see Dear Evan Hansen
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I really did buy tickets to this is gonna, I'm gonna answer your question, but it's gonna be a roundabout.
0: I just did the most roundabout thing anybody could do, so
1: so I had tickets in like November. I bought tickets in November for November in like March, and then in this was two years ago, and then in November, I got hit by a car. Oh. And this is two years ago. And um, I had one broken leg and two broken feet. And the day I got home from the hospital was the day I was supposed to go see Dear Evan Hansen. So I told my husband, you better go. These tickets were fucking expensive.
0: (laughs) Are you talking about in LA?
1: Yeah.
0: With Ben Platt? No, it was with
1: the other Ben.
0: Oh, go on. It's not as good. Go on.
1: But... um, If Ben
0: Platt was in, I would say drag yourself from the hospital, but go on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm at home that night, and um, he's at the play with my stepson and his girlfriend. And um, on Jeopardy, the final Jeopardy question was... What won the 2017 Tony? I think it was 17 Tony for best musical, blah, blah, blah. And the answer was Dear Evan Hansen. And I was like, fuck. And my husband, who's very um, critical, he loved Dear Evan Hansen so much. He said it was.
0: And he didn't even get to see it with the top guy. And he still loved the play. It's a good yeah. play. When you see it yeah. with Ben Platt, it makes it that much special, more special.
1: Um, yes, I've heard that. Although Jeff said this guy was great. Have you seen it with the other Ben?
0: No, I haven't seen it with another Ben. I told you I saw it with uh, a guy that w- was so subpar. It was, you know, I just couldn't stand it anymore. It was just, you know, I think once you've seen it with Ben Platt, it's all disappointing. That's the issue. If you haven't seen it without – if you don't see it with him, it's probably a better deal, you know, to see it with somebody right. if you're not expecting anything.
1: My husband has gotten to see Josh Gadd in um,
0: Book of Mormon. Book
1: of Mormon. I saw
0: him too. Yeah, I saw the original cast.
1: I got to see the original cast of Chorus Line.
0: Me too. And That's how Pippen. this all started. Oh, you and saw Pippen. the original cast of Pippin with William Cat. Oh, I saw it with Ben Vereen. Well, and, right, right. It was the and, guy from The Greatest American Hero. He uh, originated the role, I believe.
1: I don't know that. I thought it was the guy who was on Family.
0: Um, no, Willie Ames? No, that's eight no. is enough. Uh, I know who you're... No, I don't think so. I think it's William Catt. Okay. The guy from Carrie.
1: I don't know who that is. So, anyway, you know got I thought, thought the, I saw the,
0: the, the original. Frizzy hair, the frizzy blonde hair. Yeah. Greatest yeah. American hero. Remember he okay, dude, and no?
1: And the original um, chorus line. So, yeah. Was that Ann Renkin?
0: I don't know if she was in the original chorus. I mean, that's the thing about a chorus line. There were no. Uh, Donna McKechnie was right. uh, the original Cassie. And she, otherwise it was unknowns that musical changed my life in a way. I'm just, I remember my parents came back. This is how we got into theater. Uh, You know, they were like, okay, we're taking you to see this show. It's unbelievable. We've just seen the show. And, you know, after all those years, and I'm sure, you know, after seeing, you know, crap like Oklahoma and and stuff like that, you know, seeing a chorus line was wow. Right. It was such a different, I remember going to my sister, he said the opening number, I go, now that's how you open a show. You know? And I was like, 12 you know. <laughs> but the worst part was oh my god. parents came home and they're like oh my god david there was a guy in there and he just reminded us of you and we just looked at each other we're like that's david and when i went to see the play it was that really gay guy he's like i'm watching cisco pitter pan and i'm like what this guy <laughs> i was very upset about that <laughs> but but then i'm like well i could see that the tap dancing part maybe but
1: are you a tap dancer
0: I was. Yeah. I used to take class. I was the only boy. Did you see what? I was the only boy in the class. Back then it was not cool to be that way.
1: Did you see, um, every little step The the movie, the documentary about them redoing chorus line? Uh, no, wait, is that the one where they have the,
0: um, is Marvin Hamlish in it? Is the where he has the tape recorder with the people or when it's, yeah, or are you talking about just the re? Where they're trying to bring it back to Broadway?
1: Well, it's the whole thing. Like they, I don't, have... know, I don't
0: think I did. I can't remember whether I saw it or not. I remember there was a documentary was... on.
1: It was so meta because they were following the lives of these people auditioning
0: in, in the seventies. To... You're talking about.
1: No, oh, you're this, talking about now. Okay, then no, yeah. I didn't. Okay, but they also had clips from like oh, they did Michael right. Bennett talking, and yeah, because Marvin Hamlish
0: had a tape, tape recorder, recorder of all these people telling them, you know, tell me about your life in the chorus.
1: It wasn't you know, Marvin Hamlish. It was the director. I yeah, believe.
0: Michael Bennett, right? Yeah, and he basically
1: had people tell them their stories. And that's how they oh, right. came yeah. up
0: with the little vignettes for yes, like, um, at the I, ballet. I had a guy who did uh, this guy, Michael Real, who was the uh, New York Post theater critic. He was on the show and he wrote a book called Razzle Dazzle about, you know, A Chorus Line and, and Broadway in general, how it got started and up to A Chorus Line and Michael Bennett and how they put the show together. And then uh, I was listening to Gilbert Gottfried's podcast and he had Marsha Mason on. And apparently she was the one who told Michael Bennett that you have to have Cassie make the chorus. Cause at the beginning she wasn't going to make it. And he goes, but that's not real. And she goes, I don't give a shit what it is. It's a happy ending. And that's what I want to see. Cause, cause he was asking Neil Simon's advice and she was with him and she goes, you got to change that around. I I can't, I can't stomach her not making it.
1: And they also had to change the name of, um, Looks 10, Dance 3. It was originally Tits and Ass.
0: Oh, that makes and sense.
1: So they changed it because I guess it wasn't getting a laugh because people had already read it, the name of it. Right, so, good point.
0: <laughs> oh, that's interesting, though.
1: That was in the documentary.
0: That makes a lot of sense. That's a fabulous oh, were...
1: documentary.
0: Yeah, no, no, I'm totally going to check it out immediately.
1: So... um. My joke uh, that I hated dating um, and I'm all fashion. I like it when a man paid for sex. So that joke was um, done almost verbatim by Amy Schumer on her HBO special. And so I just assumed somebody sold it to her. That was my assumption. Because it was too close. She said something like, I'm old school. I like it when a man pays for sex. So, um.
0: But who, who alerted you to that? Or did you see the special where you're sitting there with your mouth open?
1: A bunch of people told me about it. And then it wasn't for a couple of months. I didn't, I didn't do anything because I wasn't planning on doing anything. Um.
0: Right. Because it's one joke. I mean, it's a bummer. But but did you notice after you saw it that, I, I mean, and I don't know if in it's special because she figured it out. She doesn't do you as much as when I had seen her. And a lot of times that happens with people that you're emulating. She must have grown up on you. And, you know, the way a lot of people emulate a tell uh, and then they figure it out, you know, but did were there people telling you, hey, this girl is pretty much doing your not. Okay. Yes, this one joke, but she's doing your your bit, your cadence.
1: I heard it, but I, I really just was flattered. And people could say the same thing about me taking Ellen's act.
0: No. No, they could not. Nice try. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, so then I, I remember you did something about it because you, you or, or some of your people or whatever, people who were kind to you put it up on YouTube and they put it side by side. And it was very clear, and and this was my ultimate question: was that that's when, not knowing you until recently, um, is that why you went on EGT to say, well, I've got a. This is my was my theory that you went on AGT to say, uh, you know, I am still around and I'm really good, and I don't like that this girl is doing my material or whatever. I mean. Is that was that possibly the reason you decided to go on AGT at, at your level?
1: Um, I went on AGT before that happened. Oh, but it seemed really like it was inter- the
0: same time frame. That's why I,
1: it's really interesting that you brought it up. So,
0: <laughs> well, this is why I was really excited to have you on. I'm trying to figure this out for a long time. I'm upset. I'm, li-
1: I'm cracking myself. <laughs> Okay, so before I got hit by a car.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that too. Are in you, 2000... You're better now though, right? It's like the whole thing never happened or are you still?
1: It's not like the whole thing never happened. You're still in
0: pain a little bit.
1: It's all a little bit messed up, but I uh, I won my lawsuit. So, okay. okay. So... In 2013, I'm laughing, but it's not funny at all. My husband and I were hit by a drunk driver.
0: Wait, this is a different incident?
1: Yeah. The, the Getting hit by a car, I was walking by myself. That was in
0: 2018. Is that when, after you get hit by the car, you just say, what a week I'm having? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you you never should no, have no. I out to LA.
1: I realized <laughs> that when you ask the universe for a big break, you have to be really specific. <laughs> right. I That's guess true. all those years of people. Oh my God! So a you break got a drunk
0: driver in twenty three. So
1: we God. were hit by a drunk driver, and there were seven cars totaled in that accident, including his, the guy who was driving. So it was right after that. I was sitting on the bus bench waiting for the cops and I thought I have to like get back out there and like restart my career because I had been helping raise my stepsons. I have two amazing stepsons. And um they um yeah, I wanted to be home a lot with them. So it's not like I stopped doing stand up ever, but but
0: but I, that is the reason. I mean I had heard that that you kind of wanted to raise a family, but you just you don't people say that, but then they, sometimes it's because they, uh, you know, maybe the career wasn't happening, but yours was, I mean, you left on top at least in my brain. Not not really. Well, that's what it seemed to all of us, you know, just starting out, I guess, you know, but here's
1: the thing I didn't stop. (laughs) It just stopped. So,
0: but you did, you were taking time off. You weren't performing all the time.
1: Right. I didn't want to go on the road as much.
0: Right. But I always wonder, and it's really nice that you wanted, I mean, especially to raise stepsons, you just never hear that. You know, I mean, that's amazing. Well, they paid me a
1: lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You really, your husband got very lucky in finding you. It's very rare. Don't you think? Well,
1: I just love them so much. It's like I fell in love with him and then I fell in love with the kids.
0: That's fantastic.
1: They were four and eight, I think. Yeah, no, they were four and eight. And um, they used to say things to me. I'm just going to do a joke right now. Okay. They used to say things to me like, I don't have to listen to you. You're not my mother, you know, because they heard my husband saying that to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so good. Mm. I don't. uh, You're so nice. Well, I don't know. Doesn't everybody find you as funny as I do? I think that's why I'm maybe I'm getting confused. I don't know. I'm like, why isn't she more? You know, why are not we talk more about her? in the the public, I mean, you're still this good. You know, it's not, I feel like you could, that's why I thought, that's why I was so angry at AGT. I was only watching because Howard Stern was on and then I was upset. Although I saw your tweet uh, after Donald Trump was saying he won the election. You're like, I also won AGT season nine. (laughs) And by the way, your tweets are, I mean, folks, if you, uh, if you want to follow, you should follow Wendy because she's just as funny. Her material on tweet on Twitter is just as good. I mean, it's so good. And I just
1: listen to what my husband says in his sleep. And then I write it, (laughs) it all down. He's actually the funnier one, but he's, very shy. Like he said, he would just go on stage and pee. But, um, he went viral recently. Really? My husband, because he, he tweeted that he came home from school when he was in kindergarten. And his dad said, what did you do at school? And he said, they gave us the Salk vaccine or the polio vaccine. And my father in law said, You let them give you a shot at school? And he said, No, they put it on a sugar cube and we ate that. And my father in law went and wrote the song, Spoonful of Sugar Helps the Medicine. Mary Poppins? In yeah.
0: Wait a minute. I knew. Oh, that's your, his, really? <laughs> that's amazing.
1: So my husband inspired that song, Spoonful of Sugar Helps the Medicine Go Down, Jeffrey Sherman. And he went viral recently, and it was the weirdest experience ever.
0: Well, then I got a question for your husband, because those guys also...
1: Wait, this is my podcast.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I meant, uh, I've i always had a question on... Uh, they did Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, too, those guys, right? So my question has always been that somebody got to Dick Van Dyke and clearly told him, Listen, we're gonna put you in the show. Don't you ever do that accent again? And I'd like to know who's the one who got to him. Because uh, because in that movie, his girlfriend is British, the kids are British, the grandfather's British, but he's just like, How are you? How you doing, everybody? <laughs> so clearly, somebody got to him and said, Listen, you listen and you listen good. <laughs> I would love to know the backstory of it.
1: It was the guys you owe money to.
0: <laughs> that's what it seems. That's in my head. That's what it's like. Now, listen, Van Dyke. We've <laughs> just had enough of that crazy accent. Now, as a kid, I thought it was the greatest accent I ever heard. But as I've been growing up, people have, there's still, ain't, when I, whenever I go to London, I'm like, we think about Dick Van Dyke and Mary Pat, they get so angry. <laughs>
1: he, he makes fun of it, though.
0: I know he does. And that's what makes him the best person. He
1: He's my hall pass. Like, I've told my husband that, my husband has said, it's okay if yeah. i if I want to sleep with him.
0: Well, I can first of all, he still looks amazing in his nineties. Oh he's still God. spry. He's and he's a living legend. He's probably the reason we both got into comedy, for sure, in the Dick Van Tyke show, and let alone just his his greatness, his prowess, his the even the way he moves and sings. Everything about him is amazing.
1: You should get a room.
0: <laughs> hey, <laughs> I think he'd be my hall pass too, you know. I mean, I just, <laughs> But uh, the best part, at least that's your hall pass. My sister's is Richard is like now. Really? <laughs> yeah, she doesn't care. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I could see maybe in the 70s. She's like, no, 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 even now. Huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and my brother-in-law is like, well, okay. <laughs> Have okay. a good time with that. <laughs> but right. yeah, Dick Van Dyke. I mean, he's a oh boy. Boy, wow, Did that's I- amazing. You're So you and your uh, your husband's dad was still alive when you were? Is he still alive now?
1: He's not. Um, he died in 2014.
0: Oh, wow, that's oh, boy. Everybody who worked on the uh Mary Poppins, uh, had a light, nice long longevity. I think 14.
1: My um uncle in law is still alive, um, Richard Sherman.
0: And they wrote all those Mary Poppins songs, huh? Or a lot they of them.
1: Wrote, they wrote Feed the Birds, they also oh, I hate wrote that one. Um, it's so
0: sad, Toppins.
1: You hate that song?
0: Yeah, I don't. Is that the Toppins one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's too sad.
1: And they, they also <laughs> sang, uh, I mean, wrote It's a Small World.
0: Oh, my God, everybody hates that song. Now, I mean, when you're on the ride, <laughs> I mean, it's still, a, it's, a, but it's, you're talking about three songs I could sing off the top of my head now because everybody knows them. It's but and it's, you know, it's, it's one thing to be sick of them, but yeah. They wrote but, a
1: lot of songs for like, um, oh, um, I'm blanking on her name. The Musketeer. Um, Annette Funicello. Annette Funicello, yeah. For those beach
0: blanket movies?
1: They wrote Pineapple Princess and Tall Paul.
0: Were they the guys depicted in the movie with Tom Hanks?
1: They were. That's amazing. They were. um, So my father-in-law was played by B.J. Novak.
0: Oh, yeah. I know, because I just had... um... Isn't there, No, no, I know. That's the guy from The Office, right? I keep thinking right. that there's another BJ that was friends with Scott Ackerman, who I don't think is the same guy from The Fun Bunch. It's a different I guy. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then um, my uncle-in-law, Richard Sherman, was portrayed by um, Schwartzman.
0: Jason Schwartzman.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, isn't that cool? It's like uh, Carl Bernstein has been yes. portrayed by Dustin Hoffman and Jack Nicholson in one lifetime pretty impressive
1: hey i've been done by amy schumer (laughs) (laughs) honestly i think she is freaking hilarious
0: sure no absolutely uh it's just that but when you're at home and you decide to do this thing and and then you're seeing somebody it's it's got to be tough it's got to be a little bit tough uh but in this day and age it's at least it's easy to kind of make your case i'm like well you know I did this first and you I, I, just you know, I saw it, it on so YouTube funny. in comparison.
1: I thought it was so funny. Somebody said, uh, they must have paid her a hundred thousand dollars. Shut <laughs> up. I was like, where? That's, <laughs> certainly
0: that's what it seemed <laughs> like in a way. Where's my you know, check? <laughs> but that's why I thought you did AGT and I was so heavily rooted. Well, I'm just so such a big fan and I just wanted everything you to get what you deserve. And I've always thought. I'm surprised you didn't and, and, and let me ask you, in the nineties, when you were, you know, you were on Comic Relief, you were obviously uh, you know, a regular on you were on Larry Sanders, which of course for me I'm, you know, planning a Larry Sanders podcast, so you'll have to come on that particular episode, obviously. And um you know, I've been talking to Wayne Fetterman about doing it maybe together and stuff. And uh I mean that's for that for me that's the end all. If you're on Larry Sanders, you you really won the prize. Uh, I mean the Carson show is awesome, but Larry Sanders was the greatest. So that's how high up you were on the channel. I mean, if you're on that, you know, he's only getting the best of the best. So was there, did you ever have a point where you were asked to do a sitcom or write your own show? Yes. That's usually the pinnacle.
1: And um, I actually had a show for a little while, but they recast me.
0: <laughs> Is that true? Was it called Wendy? And then they recast you?
1: <laughs> yeah. Shut up. No.
0: Okay, because this is what I thought I remembered. Unless you're kidding, I could have sworn you had a show. But I was I am I mistaken? I thought that you had one, and then I couldn't find any information about it. Was it was
1: in your mind. Is that true? <laughs> it was in your mind, Dave. <laughs> oh. Um, I had a I had a, a deal to do a show, but then they replaced me. But well, I curious, am. What was
0: the show that they replaced you with? Did it, it go to series?
1: Um, no, it was never shot.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Gotcha.
1: But um, I am so spiritual because the material thing didn't work out. But I'm very um, spiritual and I am not bitter and I believe that every. What
0: kind of happens. comic are you?
1: Happens for a reason, even, <laughs> even getting hit by a
0: car. Yeah, you're the worst comic I've ever seen. You're supposed to be bitter, <laughs> angry, and vengeful. Well, kind of, seriously, no offense, Wendy, but this is ridiculous. I
1: know. You know
0: the way it works in comedy. Maybe I would be, of more, everybody. be <laughs> jealous of everybody. That's why you're such everybody? a nice person. That's oh, what you're God. supposed to be.
1: Maybe that's why I didn't get a sitcom. Clearly. Um, I feel like it worked out the way it was supposed to work out. And also, you know how, like, there are actor child actors?
0: Of course. We hate I them.
1: think I'm an actress in her 60s. I'm going to be 60 in February. Really? So I think I'm going to be an actress in my 60s. Yes. Oh.
0: Well, good. I mean, really, anything you do is fine with me. I, I really, you know, you know, it would know, be I was, funny. It, it
1: would be funny. How is that funny? No, I'm saying it would be funny if I did something. Like, anything how is I, that? funny like what i do will be i would like
0: to see that oh anything you do would will be funny okay i i I, I, and i don't mean
1: anything but but if i do something it'll be funny
0: but it's weird it's like i you know i said you said the part and they recast it, which doesn't make any sense because you had everything you need to you know you had the material you had the looks you had you had the 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 uh the, the boot, you know, the the press, the publicity. I mean, it's the like hair
1: a, it's, wasn't long enough.
0: Yes, it was by then, wasn't it? By the middle <laughs> '90s. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just it doesn't make any sense. But but that's the thing. That's what makes me upset. I think, and which is why I wanted to just tell you how upsetting it is to me. I think, you know, you you were so ahead of the game. Uh, they just weren't putting together shows for. I'm I'm just going to say it for attractive comedians at the time. It was a different time, I think in fact, when I think of Caroline Ray, uh, they you know she was a little after you, and uh you know, I remember they were really trying to get her something, but she but, but they were trying to get her a regular show, as I saw for you, it would be something in my mind that you would write yourself and you would be in and play yourself with her. They were trying to just get her in. I remember they were just trying and trying and trying until she hit Sabrina, you know, which you would never have seen her uh you know, doing something like that, but that's just as an actress. She
1: was great as it, she replaced Rosie. She was doing a talk show, Caroline, the Caroline. Oh,
0: yes. you. She replaced Rosie O'Donnell. you saying after Rosie left. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well,
0: that was way later though, too. I, I mean, wasn't that after Sabrina? Oh
1: yeah. I mean, I'm just, um, I'm just saying how great she is. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Singing correct. her praises. Oh yeah. No, you know, cause I'm a singer.
0: <laughs> well no no she's uh, wonderful too it's just uh but it's like you were also very beloved in the business obviously we talked about you know you're friends with jonathan katz you were on dr katz multiple times and you know when you're on you know especially letterman if you're on multiple times and he hates comics and clearly really eddie brill said it but he does hate women comics and yet you were on multiple times it's obvious um you know he obviously liked you yeah, it's a big deal Enough about me <laughs> but this whole pocket's about you <laughs> i knew you wouldn't I be able it to take was about you.
1: my husband
0: <laughs> well your husband's. uh well, it, it, your husband's a writer right yes um, he wrote
1: on boy meets world
0: It was one of my favorite shows i, I was gonna name my kid topanga
1: really but i don't he, have a kid he came up with that name <laughs>
0: he no way really That's one of the most legendary names in television. Everybody, I remember when it first came out, everybody, wait, what's that girl's name again? It's like a city.
1: Topanga. Because they were throwing out names of like hippies.
0: Did he have anything to do with Girl Meets World? Because I actually watched that show too. He
1: didn't, except that we know the people who,
0: what about it? It was embarrassing for me that I was watching that show. I don't have any kids. So it's a little awkward. I like those little shows that on Disney and uh, Nickelodeon.
1: I know. I like SpongeBob.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I, uh, I auditioned for iCarly once and um, the casting director, I have the picture uh, on my phone, uh, had a picture of all the people she knew she had to call if she had a part for them. And it's me and three nine-year-olds, you know, in the <laughs> photo. <laughs> and the person's like, what's up? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I like, well, because those are the old old-fashioned sitcoms that I used to like. Which they don't really have anymore, which is why I like The Big Bang Theory. That was very kind of an old fashioned, but a lot of people don't like it. I think that's a great show. Oh, I watch all shows. I like I like Mom. Um,
1: I like what I've seen of it.
0: Yeah, well, I watch them late at night, at like twelve thirty or one o'clock in the morning on Channel Eleven. You know, I mean, that's you know, that's I guess so. I like to watch them in syndication. I I like Two Broke Girls too, and I always feel like, uh, you know, Whitney Cummings reminds me of you in many ways.
1: I just finished New Girl. Wasn't that great? So great. So Whitney and I were going to do a show. This is before she was known uh called Roadkill. Roadkill? And it was the two of us going on the road. It was a reality show. The veteran and the newbie, right? Yeah. And so then she sold Whitney and two broke girls and so she dropped out. So who did we get to replace her? was um Tiffany Haddish.
0: Oh. Well, <laughs> so, that's I'm hilarious. not bitter. <laughs> oh oh to replace you. No, no, to replace Whitney. What's wrong with Tiffany Haddish? Nothing. you talking about you and Tiffany Haddish going on the road together.
1: That was we or were yeah, better we were, at this point. Well this was before this was like oh, 15 okay. years yeah. ago.
0: Oh because <laughs> now that would be a better deal. <laughs> well, I still, I still just
1: before this. both of them were famous.
0: Uh, Oh, I see. They were going to be funny? the
1: newbies and I was going to be the veteran. Yeah. But I'm not bitter.
0: <laughs> no, you're very spiritual. <laughs> well, I don't know. See, I'd still like to see you do something. That's why I was so happy again. When you were on AGT, you were still killing it. You still had the material. You still, I mean, that was the thing. I remember I was just sitting by myself and I remember "Man, she still got it. And it made me so happy. And it was clearly Howard got it. Heidi's not supposed to get anybody that's Jewish because she's fucking Nazi, Uh, you know, <laughs> like it's not even our fault. I mean, what, is, you know, and that was the worst when she, you know, my friend Dan Natterman was on the show. She didn't understand him. And Howard's like, this guy's incredible. And of course, who are the comics that they have on, you know, that got far uh, uh, Tom Cotter, who's, who's a buddy. But I mean, the whitest guy anyone's ever seen. And that other idiot, uh, you know, that was really white that I don't remember his name. I just can't stand him. Uh, like
1: um, Taylor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right. And he was like flirting with Heidi. So that's how we got, you know, far and everything. And he's awful. And um, I don't mind saying it. I'm sorry. But um, I
1: think he's hilarious.
0: OK. Uh, we'll, we'll, Is
1: this our first fight?
0: <laughs> Maybe. But yeah. But I mean, it's just funny. Uh, you know, you don't have a chance on in, in a Heidi if you're doing the kind of, you know, if you're doing anything funny, that's not in Germany you know, you're not going to win, but thank God Howard loved you. He loved you, which made me so happy. And he seemed to get that. He seemed to know who you were too, like from, you know, the past.
1: Well, I think I did the show also because I wanted, it wasn't even that I wanted to meet Howard. It was that I wanted to introduce my husband to Howard because I thought they would hit it off. And did you? I didn't even get to meet him.
0: Oh, bummer.
1: (laughs) So it's it's like the magic of TV. They made it seem like he called me. And...
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they. Well, you're right. You're right. Do you know Joe Mataris? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You
0: saw what they did to him on that show. It kind of ruined him almost. Like they made him this villain. They played evil music behind him. It was the editing was. I know awful. because sure I was there with
1: him the whole time. Oh,
0: that was the same season. Oh my! Oh, that poor kid. <laughs> i mean it's he's funny that i'm just glad they did it to him and not somebody who couldn't take it you know i mean he could handle. i mean he's you know he's bitter and angry about it which of course i love
1: moody mccarthy was on that show too with us
0: right right who won that year or who was um, uh, who won? a guy the-
1: named matt franco and oh the magician. magician
0: oh he was he actually was, terrific
1: he's phenomenal
0: uh, but who was the comedian did he perform against the comic
1: no, he performed against a singer named Emily West.
0: Oh, that's right. That's she right. She was did that chandelier amazing. one. She did that yes. chandelier song. I, I totally still can
1: that. hear chandelier.
0: Me too. Yeah. She was terrific. Yeah, that's true. But um,
1: but I haven't watched the show since I I, on an Howard hour,
0: hour left. I stopped uh, watching. Yeah. And I felt bad because my friend Sam Morell was on the show once, but um I just I couldn't invest anymore. I was just you know
1: who was on that show was Melissa it in Billet.
0: Well she I, I didn't know that. Years years ago. She's like you, very kind, polite person. Something I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't expect that, but maybe it's because of your since we don't know each other and the the jokes you tell and being from Long Island, I guess, and you know, it's just like maybe I just didn't expect you to be such a, a nice, kind person. I, I don't know why. Your material is so, you know, Wait. a little bit, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and Melissa is so, I mean, her imitations are so phenomenal. Uh, I don't know, but I've met her uh, a couple of times. And, and again, if you lived in New York, you know, I do these shows at the cellar all the time. I would have you on all the time. And, and Melissa's done the shows and um, boy, is she something else? Huh? Those imitations are. She doesn't even get, I mean,
1: sing though. I heard her sing once and she's phenomenal. I've heard
0: her, I've heard that too. And when she sings sometimes as a character as well, which is amazing, you know. Right.
1: She did Dolly Parton on SNL recently. And I'm talking about her own voice.
0: Well, that's the thing with SNLs, they don't even use her to her greatest ability. It's very odd. They seem to like her as a person, but they, were you ever on SNL? no i auditioned in 1996 and lost out um i knew they were hiring a black guy i knew they were looking for a black guy because I was, it was at the auditions were at the comic strip and i know you can attest to this for this not being a prejudice thing the lineup that day was white black white black white black and it was, you know it was never like that it was always white 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 black white 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 white, white black um and i knew they were looking for and they uh, tracy morgan was the one they found that year or whatever year that i think it was 96 97 um so major bummer, but uh, it's all right. But you know what I'm talking about with that lineup. It was always, you know, it's now it's, it's. well, you know what? I don't even know whether it is different now. Um, and of course, those, you know, comedy was really the only interaction I really had with any black people. I didn't, I don't really, I didn't have black friends and accepting comedy and they, you know, became good. So I didn't really.
1: Well, comedy is your job. So you have friends at your job
0: yeah it's funny because i actually had a regular job for 20 years so that's where i also knew black people like i mean i just always felt bad like uh like i was doing something wrong i'm like i'm sorry i don't have me i don't i don't meet a lot of people. what, <laughs> like, what was your job i worked at a law firm for 20 years i just got fired last may i got me too really Which, yeah nobody seems to i tried to kiss the receptionist at the office my listeners know the is this story. real oh yes yeah, absolutely real i tried stage, to
1: kiss her and... right,
0: on a date outside the office. She kept begging me to take her out. She's like, when are you going to take me out? When are you going to take me every day? I'd walk in. When are you going to take me out? When are we going out? Are we going out for dinner? I can come to your house. We can get hired at your house. Let's do that. So there was no reason not to believe, even though she was much younger, that she didn't like me. Um, but I, I have been told by my friends that still work there that I was uh, set up. Uh, somehow so I guess I'll fall, I'll fall for it every time ladies I will fall for it every time just so you know so
1: she was a receptionist who was giving you mixed messages
0: oh those weren't mixed they, they were I mean they, they were, I mean everybody in the firm would come up and be like you got be careful with her because it was very clear that she liked me uh, you know so couldn't was,
1: you were working for a lawyer couldn't you sue her
0: No, no, not the way I left. <laughs> the,
1: this story is juicy.
0: Oh, it's juicy. All right. It's good. I've told most of the story on the, uh, on the podcast. Everybody knows. In fact, Rachel Feinstein last night was talking. To, she, she was telling everybody the story. Uh, Sam Murrell's been doing a bunch of shows around. He found some outdoor venues and he's been jonesing to do comedy and he can't wait. So a lot of people are finding some outdoor venues to work at, which is hard in New York City. So him and Phil Hanley and Rachel were out last night. She called me last night. She goes, we were telling you the story of when you got fired because uh, it's everybody's favorite story, let alone at the Christmas party several years ago where the HR director tried to kill me at the office Christmas party. She choked me and broke a blood vessel in my eye. Now, that's the most legendary story of all. It's the HR lady. It's a classic. I could tell you later.
1: <laughs> that, that's a lawsuit. I'm-
0: oh, absolutely. They they should be lucky I didn't sue them except that... Uh, you know, it's probably half my. Dog's yeah. when, what I scared I, you? I know. Whenever a girl takes off, I'm always doing in the '80s comedy like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> my mother does it. I do it. I can't. It's like Tourette's. I can't help myself.
1: That was the funniest <laughs> moment just then. I,
0: you thought the internet had paused? I was just.
1: <laughs> I thought you were frozen. I know.
0: I try and do that too. Check out this.
1: Oh, that's good. That's really
0: good. I, re- I really try hard at it. I practice when I'm alone, which is even that's more scary. awkward. I record it and then I practice it. Um, anyway,
1: are you single?
0: <laughs> yes. Duh. <laughs> um. Well, you were
1: saying something.
0: Oh, yeah, I was just talking nonsense. But um, basically, uh, no. I just, I just, you know, you went. To, I know you. Uh, you went to Harvard Medical School for a little bit no oh
1: I worked there
0: oh, you worked there
1: oh, so you were telling me about working at the law firm, so you weren't a lawyer
0: no, i was a um i was a i went i was a word a do, uh, what was it called a, a a document word i don't know I was a manager after a while I mean they gave me my own office and everything and I wasn't a lawyer. They loved me there, even all the hijinks that I got into. They were very kind to me until the end. And then I was very angry that they uh, took this girl's So do you word miss over.
1: having a job job? No,
0: I don't. I never did you know, I worked for you know that's the thing. I worked for twenty years there and ten years at another firm, you know, and doing comedy all in, in between because I was never fully in on stand up, which is why you never heard of me before. Um, but uh, but you know, then I so I worked 30 years straight. And and, and then I'm off, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> well, isn't that what's supposed to happen? Aren't you supposed to retire, you know, after 30 years on the job? Like why can't I why can't that be my last job? Why? I, I would like to get social security now. I'm I'm done. I worked 30 years every day for 30 years. And there, I mean, it is brilliant not working. I mean, if I could pull this off where I can keep doing it, it's very difficult because I'm not making any money. And then and then so I quit this job where I got fired. And then I finally got back into stand-up. And, and like full, you know, full in, and I was making money. I was opening for Jim Gaffigan over the summer and everything. You know, it's, I mean, this, well, this was easy this summer, but, but it was working. And then the pandemic happened. So, it, you know, to ask somebody my age to come up with a third plan, that's not fair. You know, the second plan after the 30 years of working was working. It's going to be well, difficult. Well,
1: the commencement speaker at my, one of my stepson's graduations from college was a guy named Ernest.
0: What? Ernest who?
1: <laughs> he's like the, uh, nuclear. Guy for Obama. Like oh. he, well, he did good. the arms deals with Iran.
0: The one that Trump hates. You love Trump, right? No, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at your tweets. They're hilarious. <laughs> um,
1: no, he lost me when he imitated the disabled person, and after that, I haven't been able to listen to another thing that he said
0: you're you're amazing that you even said he lost you. I was um not all in on him, but I wasn't a hater until this election stuff happened, and now I am just livid because I have friends on both sides i like it's fifty fifty for me my comedy friends hate that i even stomach a conversation about it, but.
1: now we know people.
0: Right. Who are and supporters. I just, uh, until this elect, once the the election, you know, it's over. I'm like, it's over, you know? And then once this happened, I I'm so upset, uh, as is everybody. Um, I just really changed my tune. I know it's a little well, late. Good.
1: That's good. Hey, better late than never. Hey, yeah. so Ernest Moritz, who was like some big, smart person <laughs> he was a uh, commencement speaker at my stepson's graduation and he said people don't have to pick like one thing to do in their life people can have four careers
0: i know but it's very difficult at a certain age sometimes to come up with your next plan um you know i mean i'm just saying i, I agree with you hundred percent of course you can change it any time But I had already done that. You know, I'd made this big transformation. And then March of 2020, it was working. I was March was going to be the month where I was actually going to make more than I was at the office after all this time. And then everything shut down.
1: Well, we have to pivot in this. (laughs) I'm just throwing (laughs) words out there. But after 9-11, I thought, I don't want to do stand-up anymore because I didn't want to travel. So I thought, I'm going to be the funniest kindergarten teacher.
0: Is that that what you did? You started teaching kindergarten?
1: No, but I thought, oh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the funniest kindergarten teacher.
0: Well, see, I became the funniest guy at my office. That's not really saying that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was never the class clown. I was always the teacher's pet who wanted to be the class clown.
0: Yeah, well, I was the class clown. and Gilbert Gottfried actually said, not to me, he said... Don't you always realize that the class clown always becomes the funniest guy at the office? I mean, I couldn't even believe it when he said it. Oh, I'm like, oh, wow. my God, that's exactly what happened to me. I was wow. completely voted class. They called it class wit, thank God. So my dad didn't hate it that much. But because um, class clown was just uh, I told you, you're never going to amount to anything. Well, he was kind of right. But yeah, class wit seemed a little better. <laughs> but yeah, I won. And then I ended up as the funniest guy in my office. I think that's what happens to class clowns. I don't think anybody we know in comedy actually was the actual class clown. Like even some of my, you know, David Tell, who we've known since 1987, he was probably the quietest kid in high school. I don't think he ever spoke up. I don't think anybody thought he was funny. Meanwhile, he was the funniest guy I ever met the first day I met him. You know, we would just have lunch together and he was funny in, in the unfunny way.
1: <laughs> you know. My favorite day in show business ever was, and he would think this is hilarious because he's probably shot a hundred or a thousand of these, but we shot some commercials, David hell and I for HBO and they shot them in, I think it was Palmdale. We went out to the desert mm-hmm. and the, the series was supposed to be for, um, Us driving across country together, like he's chain smoking.
0: You always have a series like that, but go on, say that again. (laughs) You always seem to have a series where you're driving across country with somebody. It's a comic, (laughs) it's uh, (laughs) I don't know why they choose you for that particular. Trying
1: to get me out of here, (laughs) no, so um. Yeah, so we shot like eight commercials. It was for the Aspen Comedy Festival. Oh, right. And to this day, that was my favorite day in show Business. We I had so much fun.
0: Really? I would have and been I got the to opposite. work with David Hell. That would have been a nightmare for me. <laughs> We're best friends and it's just a nightmare. Sometime. You are
1: best friends? Now I'm now I'm cold.
0: Yeah, what sorry what kind of house are you living in like that? I know. Windows open or don't you live in LA? I do. Oh. <laughs> it never gets cold <laughs> there.
1: It's cold in my house, but then I got hot talking to you. It happened. Now I'm cold again. And what?
0: I'm not, I'm not responding to that in any weird way. <laughs> uh, anyway, Wendy, I just, um, I, don't, you know, I just, thank you so much.
1: Wait, I got to fix my hair.
0: You look perfect. Okay. You really do have a great style about you. And it's funny when you see a lot of your shows that you've done in the past. I mean, you know. That's my favorite thing. You dress up. You had respect for all the shows you were on. You know, you dress up and you see sometimes see people come on and they're just like, that's what you're going to wear on on TV because I can hear my mother saying that. So it it makes me upset. But, um, you know, you always looked good. Of course, that was your character as well in a way. So, uh, but it was good. But you're such a terrific comic still to this day. You know, a lot of people, so when the seller was, has been closed you know all this time during the pandemic but I'm they so opened sorry. for a little bit at the olive tree they opened up and were having some you know sure you could have dinner with the comics and they would just do some shows at your table it was awful <laughs> but uh me and my friend russ we were watching a tell one day and i mean obviously i've known this guy for a long time and he's he's just you know we're all almost 60 and the guy is still churning out the gags i mean he just doesn't it's amazing and i remember he's one of those guys like you where god i gotta remember that i gotta remember to tell my sister that joke and i can't keep up because he keeps coming the only one i remember is he's like um you know how come nobody ever eats owl you know <laughs> like uh does it taste like a chicken that reads you know and it's like that's the one i decided <laughs> i'm gonna remember i put it on i'm like I but i'm sitting there i'm like the guys on the say and you and you see a lot of our heroes where when they reach a certain age, then, eh, you know, but you and him both. I mean, it's, it's still churning out the really funny, awesome material. It's amazing. Your mind doesn't stop. That's why it's funny that you, I mean, and now is a weird time, but it's like you almost, you have to continue doing it because you just, you have so much to offer. And I hate that you're not, uh, you know, doing it completely full time all in. And I need you to go back to do it. Okay. I'm sorry. You're one of my favorite comics. It's like, it's all a, right. <laughs> Well, that's why I wanted you on. It was a pep talk.
1: Oh my God. I didn't need therapy this week.
0: No, I know. I know.
1: Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you're making my head so big. I'm going to have to get another bed. Well, so it's just, husband, you know, like fit. when we were,
0: when we were all like around that 95, 96 time, I guess that's when, you know, things were going okay. And we were just trying to make it and everything. And you were already at this. You know, place we would always just talk about you all the time, like you know, and she's terrific. And
1: it's so weird because I don't feel you didn't feel that way, right? Exactly. It's not
0: funny, right? I know. And yeah, people don't have perceptions of themselves like that. I guess
1: not. So, well, let's live in the now and try to get get me a show now.
0: Well, it's Um, funny too because we're like close in age, just the way like we are. Like Colin Quinn was Dave's hero, but yet you know, there's only a three or four year difference. You know, but it's kind of funny that, um, you know, we had the the, the people were just that far above, even just they were all around the same age. And yet, you know, you just uh, I don't know.
1: Well, it's like my sister's two years older. And if you had told me years ago that she would be friends with people younger than I am and I would be friends with people older than she was, it's like time change. Like that doesn't mean anything anymore. I, I have for me it does
0: i that's all i think about <laughs> <laughs> older friends yeah well that's why i tell my mother she gets so angry that you know because i'm friends with a lot of young people a lot of young girls people get very upset about that but i'm friends with people of all ages so my mother gets upset sometimes because sometimes i hang out with people who are in their 80s they live in my building they live in the neighborhood and we go out to dinner and she goes i don't understand i'm like i'm friends with everybody of all ages you know it's not just I don't want to, you know, but nobody wants to hang out with their mom. <laughs> don't
1: kiss them.
0: No, I, I, I don't. Although there's one that's not bad look. But, um, yeah, no, I just try to hang out with people. Of, I don't care if they're cool, then they're cool, right? That's the way I like to live. I just right? want to
1: be cool. I mean, yeah. I. You are cool. I still just want to be cool. That's the only thing I want
0: to Well, be. I think you're way cool. And if you. Um, I know you're on Cameo.com
1: i am but they stopped sending me notices so now i have a bunch of cameos that expired and people are going to hate me but yes i will do a cameo for somebody's birthday or well again thank
0: you so much for coming on the show when if you uh you gotta see wendy's twitter account follow her her tweets i mean that is what you're going to get is the best material uh where they even wrote one down that i really liked it's like i used to deliver singing telegrams but i could only sing in the shower that made me laugh out loud (laughs) 23 and me said i had four outstanding parking tickets in boston i love that material (laughs) i mean i'm laughing at
1: my own joke
0: so i just wanted my uh listeners to know how terrific you are and to meet you, I guess, if they don't know you, I think they do, because they know comedy. And uh, just thank you so much for have doing Have me
1: on again. I'll have some new jokes.
0: Well, I'd like you to come on the, uh, the Comedy Cellar one, too. I do it Tuesdays at 7, so please come on that show again. It's only a half hour now, 4 o'clock your time, uh, because I would have you on every show I'll ever do, because I think you're terrific. I'm just <laughs> glad we're friendly now. This is what I do when I'm friends with somebody. I, I like to use them all the time. Not use them, but you know what I, you know what I mean. In I'm in
1: your stable.
0: Way. Right, you're you're now a, a Dave Just regular, which could be considered good or bad. You never know. Maybe if it, after a while it just gets annoying, who knows? But uh, you know, I just think you're really talented and wonderful, and thank you so much for coming thank on the show you. and answer and answering all these these questions, these crazy questions that I had, and and my theories. <laughs> and I really appreciate it. And thank you for uh, your manager for uh, putting us together, uh, which is weird. Is it strange? that Now there's the road show, Liebman and Lieberman. That's the. I know road show.
1: Jody Lieberman is my manager. It's very confusing. It is.
0: She, sometimes you know. I want to, even though I know your name, because I may, you know, I know you way before I know her. Even though we've known each other for quite a while, I want to call you Wendy Lieberman sometimes because I'm thinking of Jody. It's all good. Right.
1: It's all but fine. The,
0: that's the road show, Lieberman and Lieberman together again. <laughs> but Wendy, thank you so much for doing the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Yes, and happy new year, and I will talk to you soon.
1: I got a massage. Don't you love getting a massage from the bellhop? I I love that. I, no, I got a massage because I tried to do yoga and I got in so much pain. I did yoga because my friend Bobby said, when you do yoga, you reach a higher level of consciousness. It's a lot easier just to drink and then get your leg behind your neck like that. Trust me. I know. I'm in so much pain. Is there a doctor in the house? My mother wants me to marry you. Then I, I got... Um, so I got the massage, and this woman really hurt me. I said, what are you doing? She goes, I'm attacking your pressure points, right? So I gave her my parents' address. <laughs> and the tip, because they want me to get married. My dad really wants me to get married, because he wants me to stop using his name. <laughs> Wendy. And at this point, he thinks I'm Ellen. <laughs> you know, Ellen. Yeah. I mean, I like Ellen and I watch her show in the closet with my girlfriend, but I'm I not... No, I'm not a lesbian, but I practice just in case. I swear, I... Actually, my love life is like a fairy tale. It's grim. I have had... I want a sensitive guy. I want a guy who will cry when I hit him. I, I want like. No, I never hit a man if you're awake. I, actually younger. Younger guys have been approaching me lately. Woo! And asking me to buy them alcohol. And I I feel.